Welcome to the Digital and Branding Podcast by The Cut. Learn from our insights on e-commerce, Shopify, software and branding. Hello and welcome to The Cut. Welcome back if you've listened before or welcome for the first time if this is your first time. This is our podcast where we share insights into software and website development and Shopify e-commerce. I'm Ben DeJong, a director at The Cut. We're based in Subiaco, Perth and we've been delivering software, websites and branding solutions for businesses since 2009. This podcast is part of our series of interviews with Shopify merchants. The Cut have been working with the Shopify e-commerce platform since 2010 and are official expert partners. Our interviews with Shopify merchants are all about sharing their e-commerce experience, insights, tips and tricks. You'll find these interviews very helpful if you're thinking about Shopify, looking to change your e-commerce platform or just wanting to hear more about Shopify from business owners just like you. In this podcast, we interview Iris Smith, the CEO and founder of The Quick Flick. They also operate in Subiaco, Perth. Um, and they have a very unique little applicator for eyeliner. I'll let Iris tell you uh, in full details. So let's speak to her right now and see what e-commerce insights she can share with us from the point of view of a business that's been growing very, very quickly over 12 months. So we're going to say hello to Iris Smith from The Quick Flick. Um, Iris, hello. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Can I get you to just please introduce yourself properly and tell us about your e-commerce business? Yeah, sure. So yeah, my name is Iris Smith, as you just introduced me, um, and I'm the founder and the CEO of um, e-com business called The Quick Flick. Um, we sell our own cosmetic product, which is a patented winged eyeliner stamp, um, which basically allows users to apply winged eyeliner in a fraction of the time with like minimal skill level. Um, we've currently got um, nine SKUs available, so we've got a range of sizes and colors, and um, soon to be introducing a whole range of other cosmetic products that are also have the same sort of philosophy of being quick and easy and anyone can use it. That sounds absolutely awesome and really, really exciting. And I think we can all see that your the name of your brand and business ties in directly to your niche and your key benefit with the product by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah, it's all about, um, you know, minimal effort um, in a fraction of the time and anyone can use it of any skill level. You don't need to be a professional makeup artist. And they're always getting a really consistent end result with that, I would imagine. Yeah, so yeah, the beauty of it, you get it right every time and you also get the same shape every time, which is the real struggle with drawing it freehand. So um, yeah, you don't have to worry about stuffing it up. Sounds perfect. I have uh, an ex-staff member who uh, does that detailing on her eyes and she would love Mm. your product. How long have you had the business Mm. for? Yeah, uh, not long now, really. Um, We just came up to 12 months. So yeah, it's still quite early stages. But um, yeah, a lot has happened in 12 months, big growth, a lot of scaling. So um, I'm sure. Yeah. Sorry, how many staff have you got? Uh, We're up to 13 staff in house. um, And obviously, a lot of other, um, you know, contracted out for other parts of the business. But yeah, a lot 
a big growth from considering at the start of the year it was just me in my apartment. <laughs> so I was just about to ask, what, in the beginning, was it just you working from home? Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was. I Yeah, I was running it out of my two-bed apartment um, and, yeah, it was me with – you know, every single hat on trying to do everything. So it's nice to have other people on board now. <laughs> and that must be a huge step up. What were you doing before that? Like what, what, what was your, what did your life like, look like before you started the quick flick? Yeah, I was in my final year at uni. So I was doing a, um, a degree at Curtin doing interior architecture. And at the same time, I was also um, running my partner's online business as well. He was doing Um, like gold-plated gift items. So I was also sort of delving in that. So, yeah, I was doing a lot of things at the same time. Um, And then, yeah, started Quick Flick. And as that started to grow, I left um, my other job and I had graduated by that time. So it was all, like, really nicely timed. That sounds perfect. I was actually going to ask you whether you abandoned your degree or did you manage to uh, to get it? (laughs) No, I followed through with it. I was, you know, in the final year, I'd spent five years and I was kind of like, oh, I just want to finish it, you know, um, finish what I'd started. And, and can, can, you, can you now see that you may never use that degree? Is that how your business life is looking for you now, given what's happened with the quick flick? Yeah, I, th- I don't think I'll use it in the sense of going down the road of actually working at like an architectural firm. Sure. But I think like I use my degree every day in the sense of, you know, my design skills, talking to people, dealing with customers, you know, it's still really beneficial, even if it's not, you know, working at a professional firm. Um, I still rely on the skills I've learned every single day. Totally. I totally understand. That's a good point. Can you tell us about um, like the beginning of the business? Like what did the first part of the idea look like and how did it, how did it happen in the very early days? Yeah, um, well, early days, like, I didn't really, like, it's not like I set out to, um, like, specifically, like, I it wasn't like I was like, oh, I want to build a business, and I didn't, like, really have, like, a proper business plan and all that, so I wasn't, like, super prepared as, you know, some people might be, but sure. I think it kind of played to my advantage because I didn't, like, really overthink it too much, and I kind of was just like, oh, I'll just go with the flow and see where it takes me. Yep. Um, and like sometimes now, like I, I, cause you know, I've come so far, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a lot, a lot more cautious and careful with what we do. And sometimes I think if you don't overthink it and just sort of jump in, um, it can sometimes play to your advantage. So yeah, at the start, I sort of just set out like creating the product, you know, like something that I would just want to use. I was kind of more like, Oh, I'm just going to design this product that I could use to help me. And then I was kind of like, Oh, well, I'm sure lots of other people can relate to this problem and, you know, would find this tool really useful. Yeah. So then I was kind of like, Oh, let me, you know, brand it up and I'll, you know, build a website and I'll, you know, make an Instagram and I'll start selling to people. And then, yeah, just really, blew up and exploded because it's obviously such, you know, um, a useful product and so many people, you know, have the same problem that it just sold itself so easily. So, sure. so, so I've been yeah. wondering this myself. So is the product that you're selling, it's, it's something that you designed and created yourself. It's not like another product that was already out there that you've taken on and branded and sold. Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, okay. um, 
for the design, we actually have an innovation patent for it. So there are similar sort of tools on the market. So there are like, you know, other um, plastic style stamps, but at the time there wasn't any stamp that was self-inked and also had like the component for the left and the right. Okay. Um, So... I had tried some other tools that in like they were plastic and you had to line them with your own liquid, but they were really messy. And if anything, like it made it even more difficult because the shape that you were getting was just terrible. Right. And I just resorted back to just freehand drawing it. So, um, it was classified as yeah an innovation patent. So it was an, an improvement on a pre-existing design. Sure, I understand. Um, yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, so the inspiration, I guess, is pretty obvious. You had a you had a personal need yourself with your own makeup. Yeah. Oh, good, excellent. Okay, so let's um, have a quick chat about um, Shopify itself, if we can. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. how long have you been using Shopify for? I'm going to presume that you started with it. Yeah, so, yeah, I've been with Shopify since the start. Um, initially, I started, like, building it on, like, my website on, like, Wix, and then halfway through, I was like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, and then I was doing some research, you know, other um, trending platforms, and I was just seeing Shopify everywhere. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I made the switch to Shopify, and, yeah, it was a great switch. And were you <laughs> intending to run the e-commerce component via Wix as well? Um, to be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I quickly realized that um, Shopify was the way to go in terms of like um, running an e-com business. I think Wix is okay if you just want to, you know, make a – the reason I had chosen Wix was because at um, uni we had had to start like our own professional website just advertising ourselves, which sure. is like fine if you're not selling like a product or a service, like totally, it's good yep. just for information. Yep. But um, yeah, I quickly realized that, you know, if you really want to be successful and be selling a product, be around all your analytics and all that, um, yeah, Shopify is the way to go. And so you found Shopify just by, by searching around e-commerce? And- I had like in my partner's business that I was running, I was using WooCommerce um, and that was just like a nightmare to deal with. It's so difficult. And I was right. like, I don't want to have to um, do this, you know, um, use that. So, yeah, I was really happy when I found Shopify. Um, and I'd done, yeah, done some research, seen like what other businesses had been using. I'd seen like um, Greta Van Reel, who was big for Skinny Me Tea. You know, she had won like Shopify Build a Business Award. So I sort of like knew what, you know, similar sort of companies were using. Okay. So, I, yeah, a good fit. Yeah, awesome. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And look, that's something we hear a lot of is that people try other platforms. Sometimes they're WooCommerce, sometimes they're other ones, and then they run into generally sort of management, product management, usability issues and and that sort of thing. So it can get pretty frustrating and and cost you a lot of time. So in terms of setting up your Shopify website in, in its first stages, how was that process for you? Um, it was a little bit tricky. Um, like, I mean, I did it just using a template. Um, initially I just bought a template and, you know, it was very rough. It was very unpolished. I mean, I look at, I look back at it now and I think, oh God, why did anyone buy anything from this website? It looks like a scam <laughs> website, you know? Um, but that, you know, it did, it did fine. It didn't cost me anything really. It just cost sure. me the template, which was, you know, a few hundred bucks. And, yeah. um, 
yeah, I did what I could, got in touch with the developers and, you know, tried to get like some liquid code from them to change things up a little bit here and there. Um, so yeah, it was, it was easy to, easy enough to do starting out and you can build like a good basic website to get you off the ground. Totally. Um, so yeah, it was all in all a good experience. Yeah, fantastic. And can you remember your first sale and what that felt like, your very first online sale? Um, yeah, I can. It was my friend, though. <laughs> it wasn't oh, a real was customer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I and you knew it was your yeah. friend already? Oh, she said she, had, she was going to buy it. <laughs> ah, okay. And did you get the yeah. cha-ching? Yeah, yeah. I used to love the cha-ching. Yep, nice sound. Yeah. And then now I I'm guess, sick of hearing it. Now I need to mute my phone because I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure that in the people that are going to be listening to this podcast, there's going to be a lot of people who wish they had that problem. Yeah. Uh, but maybe <laughs> we know, can... No, no, absolutely. It's, uh, well, I mean, as they say, it's a very, very good problem to have too many cha-chings. Um, yeah. But maybe well. uh, maybe we can, um, we can find some um, insights that will... Uh, help people move in that direction with their own e-commerce businesses. Yeah, um, sure. So look, talking about challenges, what are the biggest challenges you've experienced running an e-com business? Oh, challenges. Um, um, I would think maybe like finding the right advice because you can read so many different things that will give you so many different opinions and point of views and sometimes it's really hard to like kind of know who to believe or like what opinion to take. Um, So I think it's like really valuable to almost take it with a pinch of salt and realize perhaps maybe something that's worked for someone else might not work for you or maybe something that didn't work for someone else might, you know, work super well for you. So I think um, sort of judging it, you know, by ear and sort of thinking what's applicable to you um, has been really helpful and really useful to me. Um, and yeah, trying not to be too overly influenced by what you read or what people tell you, for example, um, you don't really know until you try, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're really interesting (laughs) points. So I, um, too much information is, is, I guess, one of the problems that you're identifying there. Yeah. I mean, like when I started, like I was doing so much research into like trying to, you know, how do you increase your average order? How do you, you know, get more sales, blah, blah, blah. And there's just so many different opinions out there and so much information that it's sometimes it's like, oh my God, which one do I listen to, you know? So I think it's like a real trial and error sort of thing. Like, you know, test one thing. If it doesn't work, try something else. Um, You know, keep searching. Like, And and I've also learned sometimes don't try to fix, um, what's the saying? Don't, fix something that's not broken if it ain't broke don't Um, fix it yeah like sometimes things are are fine just the way they are like you know we've done certain things on the website that we thought would you know increase our conversion but it's actually made it drop so right okay it's interesting to note like yeah some people might say do this and it will help but it might make the purchasing experience too complicated so you're going to lose customers so something that may work for someone else might not necessarily work for you. So I think you have to be really flexible with what you take on board. And if it's not working, go back to what you know or search for something else. You know, there's no like, I think with e-com businesses, there's no like rule book you can go to and this is 100% guaranteed to work for you. Sure, that um, is true. But I think yeah. what you said earlier yeah. about, you know, testing and, and, and doing things 
incrementally, like making incremental change if you're going to make change yeah. rather than wholesale change will help manage those things for sure. Exactly, yeah. So let's talk about your um, apps and plugins. What, what are your favourites uh, in the 12 months that you've been operating? What have, what have been the, the best ones that you've implemented into the QuickFlick business? Yeah, I love having reviews on the website. So we originally were using looks um, reviews, but we've just switched over to um, an, a plugin called Akendo, okay. um, which is really great. So just giving that kind of um, customer sort of um, what's the words like very like a verification testimonials. Like, Basically, they're testimonials, testimonials, really, aren't they? In a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, very, very helpful. Um, yep. Makes people trust your brand, makes them also decide, you know, what size or color they should be buying based on other people's reviews, their pictures. That's been super, super helpful um, and I think has really helped with our um, conversion rate. Um, so that's probably, yeah, been really useful. And I what's the name like of that again, Iris, please? Akendo. Akendo, yeah. Akendo. Did you implement Akendo in the very beginning? Uh, no, from the beginning I had looks. L-O-O-X, oh, sorry, yeah, and then you changed. Yes, okay. Um, and obviously yeah, they've added value by increasing plugin. conversion for you. Sorry, what's that? They've, they've added value not only by increasing conversion but also by giving your consumers some additional content that, that's helpful to them yeah. as they're deciding on your products. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's also good because with our, you know, how these apps work, they actually send a follow-up email to the customer, say, two weeks after they've received it. So it's a nice little, like, check-in for the customer to sort of, you know, be reminded how, how was your order, is there anything we can help you with? And it's a nice little way to, like, give them a warm, friendly reminder of, oh, do you want to come back on the site and buy again, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, are there any others that, that you would count as being as good as, as that one? Um, I also like having – we've got the Facebook chat on our website. So okay. um, that basically links straight to our Facebook Messenger. Um, great thing with that is we have like a Facebook bot installed, which means – Anyone who messages through this Facebook chat, um, basically their information is stored in this bot so that we can then use their information for remarketing ads sure. when we have a sale or a new product release. So it's, we can easily contact them again because they've already um, contacted us via Facebook. And is that, um, is that bot having like a pre-programmed sort of conversation with the consumer? Yeah, it does. When they first contact, you can set up rules and scripts. So, yep. like, if there's generic questions like about shipping or, yep. um, you know, returns or whatever, like there's a generic response. But if it can't answer their question, it basically feeds over to us and then, like, a customer rep will answer their questions. Yeah, okay, awesome. That sounds really powerful. We've been looking at some of that ourselves recently. Um, so can I just ask you, what are your top three insights that you'd share with other e-commerce business people to give them a helping hand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think what I mentioned before about um, doing what's yep. right for yourself, not necessarily doing what's right for someone else is really important um, and doing what's applicable to your brand, your business, your website and um 
being really flexible to change. So at the moment, you know, we're constantly looking for ways to improve. I, I never really have the mindset of, oh, yeah, this is good enough. We'll keep it at that. It's always, you know, let's look at how is this converting? How are customers behaving on the website? What can we change to make it easier? What frequently asked questions are we getting? Is there yep. more information we can put on the website to help? You know, we're constantly searching for ways to improve. Um, I don't really think there's such thing as for like sure. a perfect e-com business because it's, you know, it, it can always be improved. Um, and I think it's also really important to just be around everything that's going on. Like there's so many elements to you know, an e-com business, you have to be really switched on and don't be afraid to like get your hands dirty in all parts of the business. Um, like I think it's really important to also not lose touch with what's, with what's happening. I think sometimes people maybe like grow so big or they try to scale so quickly. They forget about, you know, little one percenters, um, that can actually be an example of one of them or what would be an example of a Um, part of the business that's really important to to sort of not let it slip into the background. Can you give us an example of that? Um, okay. Well, you know, things like how quickly are orders being packaged, for example, you know, um, how long is it taking your staff to do certain jobs? Um, and especially if you've like been in, in those positions before, like, you know, I, lo- I know how long it should take to pack orders. I know how many inquiries we get and how long it should be taking us, you know, with stock, how are we managing our stock? Yeah. Um, how are we managing it um, going out? Are we keeping track of our inventory? Um you know, are we being around our sales? You know, we recently updated our website and we noticed some conversions were dropping. What did we change that caused that? Should we change it back? You know, really being around yeah. and looking at from every single angle, um, what can be improved and something that's probably also helped me another good point. Um, we have like a customer group on Facebook so um, we have like, it's like a little community where, you know, um, people who buy the quick flick can yeah, share yep. their experience and, you know, share makeup looks or ask questions or, you know, whatever it needs to be. Um, and that's really helpful with providing us with information that we might not necessarily know because, you know, sometimes you look at your website and things or, you know, look at your business and there's little things you overlook because you look at it all the time that for you, something might seem simple or for you, it might seem really obvious how you use a product for, but for other people, they might, you know, still not know how something works or they find something difficult to navigate. Um, so I think putting yourself in your customer's shoes and really asking them for feedback and not being afraid to receive like, sure. not necessarily negative feedback, but constructive criticism or whatever it needs to be. Um, it's, it can be really beneficial in the long run. And you really build that. It um, sounds like a, a lot of what you're talking about which is, is just going to get your customers back coming back time and time again. With your customers and making um, sure you're putting yeah. yourself back into their shoes, maybe as, as a first-time customer again, where you're looking at everything yeah. with fresh eyes, kind of thing. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. And a lot of the times I'll say if we're doing an update on the website, I won't show anyone it. And then I'll sit down with my staff and I'll say, hey, guys, check this out. Does this make sense to you? What do you think? So they're looking at it with fresh eyes and they can say, oh, this doesn't make sense or I really like this or maybe we should move this here or add some more info here. So, um, you know, even if you're small, get a friend or a family member to have a look and 
and say to them, and like, I, I want your honest you're giving it feedback, to them, whether it's like good or Cole, bad. They haven't been sitting in on the business out, you know? strategy that's driven the change. They're just seeing it for itself on the website and then you can get a clean and clear exactly. um, assessment from them and an authentic one. It's very hard to go backwards if you've been in the, in the briefing sessions and then assess the change when exactly. you've already got that sort of strategic knowledge. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's really smart. Um, if you could yeah. give your young Shopify self, which yeah. is only a year younger than your existing yeah. self in your case, um, some advice today, what would it be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that is another great question. Um, I don't know. I don't like have any regrets about what I did. I, like if I did it again, I would do it exactly the same. I wouldn't change anything about how I've done it. I think, I think like how I sort of handled it, handled it and how I did, you know, okay. everything as yeah, much as I could enough. from the I mean, start. What you I said probably earlier would, on about, you know, going for it and anything, doing you know? it and not, not um, thinking too much. That's something that yeah. we hear again and again. Um, one of the last interviews he was using the Nike catchphrase, you know, just do it, just go and do it. He was, yeah, he was more my age than your age, but, you know, he he was a little bit crippled or delayed by considering it all too much, Um, Mm. whereas you've obviously gone out there. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, in the beginning, you've got less to risk, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you've got much less to lose, um... Yeah, I think just just jump in and do it. Like I was saying, you know, we spend spend half our life wondering what if, and you know, if you're not going to do it, someone else is going to do it. You know, and yeah. they'll probably and they'll do it better for than sure, you know sure. you. So a lot of I people think say exactly that. Just go so, in. I mean, and that's great. That's what <laughs> people jump in. you know want to want to hear and need to hear if they've got an idea yeah. and and they might just need that last little push to turn it into something amazing. Um. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, one other thing, one other thing, like adding to that, I, it sounds, I don't know, I I tend not to do it, but I don't really like to talk about things that I'm going to do. I do it and then I say, oh, hey guys, this is what I've done. Because I find if you start talking out loud too much about your ideas, you let other people get in your head. And sometimes you might be sharing an idea with someone who almost puts like negative thoughts in your mind, but it's, maybe because they think it's a great idea and they are jealous of you actually doing it. So I've had, like, had, a, I've had a lot of people almost, sure, you know, sometimes I've suggested certain things and they almost want to talk you out of it. Um, I learned that a lot at uni, you know, sharing my design ideas with, you know, some of my colleagues. I would think something was a great idea. I didn't do it, um, at you know, from the fear of them thinking, you know, it might be stupid and then, in the end, you know, maybe my um, teacher's given me the feedback of, oh, like I really liked your first idea. Why don't you do that? So uh, now I literally don't open my mouth. I don't tell anyone what I'm doing until it's done. And it's like, oh, here, guys, this is what I've done. And like it's done, you know, you can't change it. So I think sometimes Autonomous. just like just being really, um, uh, yeah. what's the word, like humble about it and just like own thing. Keep your cards close to your chest um, and don't let other people get into your head because sometimes they're your yep. biggest enemies, yep. you know, that's, the thoughts uh, that's really that they That's really interesting advice um, and I think it takes a lot of courage to mind. act that way as well. Um, so let's move on and have a chat about um, traffic conversion. Mm, what sort of yeah. marketing or what are the main types of marketing that you invest in at the Quick Flick? Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, so we use a lot of social media, so a lot of Facebook um, and Instagram predominantly, um, especially because, like, our product is, you know, makeup-related. There's big makeup accounts on Facebook, Instagram, also on YouTube as well. I forgot YouTube. We don't really advertise on YouTube, but we have um, – people doing, you know, like and reviews you approaching and video them to reviews do those reviews and reviews try and tested sort of videos um, as part of through like influence sort of marketing. process in what they do. Okay. Uh, it's like 50-50. Some people we approach um, and, you know, actually work with them specifically. A lot sure. of people don't do, pa- um, sorry, free reviews. A lot of people do want to be paid for their time. Um because obviously, you know, they put a lot of time and effort into building their audience and it's also their time, you know, filming it and and editing the video. So um, sometimes it is paid, but um, we always say to all of our influencers, we only want to work with you if you genuinely like the product um, because a lot 100%. of the times customers can see through if someone's just promoting something because they're getting paid to do it, you know. Um, yeah, and a lot of influencers are also open about it. They say to us, yeah, we're happy to work yeah. with you, but we want to try the product well, first that, and we'll only talk um, about it if we actually like it. You know? isn't it? Um, if they don't yeah. really like the product or they haven't really tried it out, then probably their review yeah, is, is not going to ring ring true. It won't feel authentic to the viewers. Mm. Yeah, totally. Um, and how? No. What's what's your what's your yeah, number one strategy fake. that yeah. drives? The most traffic to your mm. website. Where does where does most of your traffic come from? If there's if there's one uh, kind of leader in that. Mm. Um, I would say most yeah most traffic probably okay. comes from Facebook ads and also um, influencer posts. So um, yeah, like video demos and stuff on Instagram, um, and a lot of it's also. Um, driven by our customers posting about it. So like we, I was quite um, specific with how I wanted the product to be sent in the mail. So we have them all sent in like pink boxes with pink tissue paper, pink thank you cards. Like it's very much like the whole experience of receiving this beautiful box and unboxing it and people get out their phone and they start snapping it and sharing it on Instagram. So it's almost like a free way to advertise. You might be spending a little bit more on your packaging. That sounds really, really smart and it it becomes an experiential thing then, doesn't it? Yeah, that's really interesting and mm. uh, and a great idea for sure. So, what what is your exactly. key yeah. to yeah. retaining visitors when they arrive on your site and, and lowering yeah. your bounce rate, lowering your cart abandonment, and and obviously once you've retained them, converting them into a customer. Mm. Yep. Mm. Um, I like to make the process really yep. really simple and really like quick, like the product really quick. Um, so, um, information where it needs to be enough information that they get it, but not too much where they don't want to read it all and they just exit. So instead of having, you know, long bits of text, we have videos that explain how the product works because people are more interested in watching a video than they are reading a one page essay about how great your product is, you know? Um, we use little icons to say we're vegan, cruelty-free, little things okay. that subconsciously are selling the brand to the consumer that's looking at it. Um, we also have um, bundle deals. So that's really great in terms of 
um, converting people to spend a little bit more. So we have, you know, savings when you purchased um, two or more quick flicks. That's been really great to get our average um, purchased price up. Um, other sure. things like car abandonment, um, obviously you're always going to have people abandoning their car, it's but a tricky we one. always have um, a car okay. abandonment, I can never say that word, um, email recovery in place. So if someone abandons their car, we'll email them 30 minutes after. They still don't proceed with buying, we'll email them the next day, offer them a discount. They still don't buy. We'll email them a week later. Just a friendly, warm reminder, like, "Oh, hey, have you forgotten about us? Your discounts, you know, still here. It's running out soon, though. But you know, feel free to." Um, and can go I, can I ask so when is it most likely so that you um, win them back or really get them to convert? Is it most likely like the half an hour after or the day after, or is it more likely that it'll be down the track that they'll come back? Okay. Yeah. It's normally a day okay. after when you offer them the discount code. Most people will convert at that point. Um, you know, half an hour after, maybe they've abandoned because they were busy or they were, you know, not really interested in that point. So it was like, uh, whatever. Then they get the email yeah, again. So, so another half reminder, an hour is a bit oh, there's too a discount close in to here. When oh, they okay, and, yeah, and I'll a week buy it. is a you bit know, too far away. But the next day, they've, they're, they're, it's, it's a good middle ground, is it, in terms of timing? Mm. Yeah, I find. I mean, some people still will convert a week later or, yeah. or, you know, half an hour later. They could have just gotten interrupted yeah. or something happened or, you know, they got a phone call or something. Who knows? Uh, but most of the time, if they've abandoned because maybe it was too hard or it was too expensive or they couldn't really be bothered, yeah, totally. Um, it's I normally when they get the discount code. Um, I'm going to make an assumption from, from what you've done line. with your business uh, in such a short amount of time that you are pretty much across your performance metrics of your business and your uh, Shopify website. Would that be right? Yeah. And what do you use mostly? Are you using a combination of, of Shopify, mm, the yes, Shopify the metrics <laughs> and Google Analytics or are you doing something different or do you focus on Shopify? How, how do you do it? Yeah, we use both. Um, uh, Google Analy Analytics is really easy when um, we're sure. tracking like influencers and yep. if we saw like traffic yep. spikes and all that sort of stuff. So marketing uses that um, quite predominantly. Um, I'm sort of like more around, you know, little things like, um, you know, it's really great on Shopify. You can see how likely someone is to add, um, you know, a certain color when they've got something else in their cart. So that might be a yeah, really sure. good... Um, way to see, oh, maybe we should make this into a combo, for example, you know, um, or or offer them a better deal. Like, for example, you know, if someone's, if, you know, uh, I don't know, 40% of customers are likely to add a petite black and a modest black to their cart, you know, that's telling you maybe we're losing some customers because they're not getting a better deal on that. Maybe we need to make that a combo. Yep. So I really like looking at those sort of things like um, customer um, behavior. And I've yeah, used I've heard a little of Hotjar. bit, That's probably not enough. Right? My web developers mapping. sort of more look at it, but Hotjar, so you can actually like, yeah, heat mapping to see like where people are spending on your website. So what are they clicking on? What buttons are they using? Um, at yeah. what point are they exiting your site? Totally. So, you know, certain things like that is really interesting to see. Um, like, for example, 
we had we put up a new banner which was for a new campaign and we didn't have like a shop now button okay. on the banner we had like a like learn more about the campaign sort of thing which probably caused yep. like a drop in conversions because there was no call to action there to just buy now to go shop so people were probably clicking it and they've been taken to a separate page and they're like oh for god's sake like i just want to buy Get the there. product um and it's an extra step you know people yeah, just want to sure. for sure when oh, i it's shop a, it's i just awesome want to use add that, it to my cart check out and i'm done make, you know you know business decisions quickly so, yeah. they're ultimately improving improving your business um but but I think there's a there's a skill to that, and you need to have a familiarity level with what's happening yeah, in your business, and know what you what you're looking for, and the types of things that you might want to change based on that, based on those consumer insights. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and like a one yeah, well, percent conversion the, rate, it can for be sure. huge well, I mean, in I the long run. Sort of you know, the, you know e-commerce average I mean, hundreds is, of thousands is, is of dollars. 2 percent mm. conversion, isn't it, or somewhere around there on, in terms of traffic driven to, to a converted customer is around 2 percent. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that at the huge. moment, yeah, we sit between 8 and 10 percent, so our curve. conversion's huge. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, and it's just about, yeah. But when okay. I first started, yeah, I was sitting about 2 3%. Um, and now that I'm really, really around it, we're constantly making changes. It's, it's, yeah, that's, you know, uh, it's that's amazing. It's tripled the business, you know, just from being um, around the you actually You actually broke up a little bit then, but we'll keep going anyway. Um, mm. So um, just before just before we wrap up, Iris, well, I just wanted to ask you a couple of uh, last questions yeah, more, fine. I guess, about the future and things. Do you have three things that, that you would have mm. on your Shopify wish list? Oh, your voice. I mean, um, this like connection has just change. gone really muddy from oh, your end. You haven't changed anything, have you? Yeah, I can hear you, but it's just... It's just gone super staticky. Yeah. Can you hear me now? No, I haven't changed anything. I no. don't think it's that. Um, I reckon it's just the connection's gone a bit funny. That's I'll annoying. Move a little, it's never yeah. actually happened before. Changes anything? Um, Do you want me? I, I can connect. Do you to reckon? My, have you got um, a dodgy connection? I'll connect to my hotspot if you want. That might be better. Actually, it's it's it's. I think it's cleared uh, up. Sometimes actually, sometimes here it's a bit bad, but I'll connect to my hotspot. Yeah, I think better. we're good Just to go again. Time. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. Oh, yeah? We are. Okay. So, what what three things are on your Shopify okay, wish list, Iris? What would you like to see um, Shopify oh. offer you in your business potentially, or ideas you might have around things you'd like to be able to achieve? Hmm. Hmm. Well, probably not on my wish list, something that, I, well, something that I've had on my wish list but I'm now sort of implementing. Um, since we've, like, moved to Shopify Plus, um, we can now obviously, like, replicate um, yep. stores um, for different region, regions, which has been something I've wanted to do for so long. Um, and that's another conversion thing, you know, having an Australian site, once your customer gets to checkout, they can only check out in um, AUD. And I think a lot of people drop off because yep. they're not seeing. I think you can you know, have up US to nine different stores, can't you, on Shopify in. Plus? Is that right? So um, yeah, eventually we're 
Okay. Yep. Yeah, a nine or ten. I think it's ten. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we will have them all duplicated, which is also good because we can, you know, do things specific to that country. So we can, you know, show the specific shipping time to that country. Even things like, um, you know, in UAE, um, United Arab Emirates, Imagery. they are quite funny in terms of sort of like what sort of campaigns are showing. For example, they don't and... like seeing. Uh, what's that? Sure. Yeah, so, like, they don't really like seeing men wearing makeup. They prefer um, women with darker sort of hair. Yep, for so, sure. you know, making things more specific to totally. what that customer likes who are shopping from that region is a real and game changer. And how long have you been on Shopify I wanted Plus to have that for? for ages. So, yeah, we're implementing yes. that now. Um, and then something else. How long? Yeah, okay. Um, uh, yeah, okay. End of this month will be two months, so not long. It was only recently we yeah um yeah so that and then also we're going to be putting in like a wholesale um back-end option so instead of having to like invoice every single wholesale customer they can place their order through the website so it's so much time saved um that way and they can choose that you know what awesome. sort of payment method they want to check out well, with just makes life so much simpler yeah um that's yeah, that's a plus feature. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's been all really good. Um, the only other thing I can think Sorry. of is um, uh, with the, the scripts, there's a script um, feature on Shopify Plus, which is new, which I've been wanting for ages as well. Um, but it basically is like little messages you can integrate. So, for example, if someone's got, um, you know, one quick flick in their cart, you can add a message, a quick message like, Hey, you've got one in your cart. Do you want to add one more and you'll save 15% yep, off automatically? Yeah, because on, you know, like on Shopify Core, the actual checkout process is pretty cart. locked and set, isn't it? Um, yeah. Really helpful. No. Yeah. Yeah, on the regular one, you can't edit checkout yeah, at all. we're doing all. a lot um, of uh, work with the Shopify so, yeah. Plus team so, at the moment, actually. So, so, so much better. Uh, yeah, it's good to hear that you're using it and, and enjoying all those, some of those key features that, it's, uh, that it offers mm. um, bigger volume businesses who are trading internationally. That's awesome. So what does the future mm. look like for the quick flick, do you think? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that is a, another great question. Um, hopefully bright. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully, well, we will be moving eventually into a company called Quick Beauty. Okay. So the Quick Flick will essentially just become a product that is sold by Quick Beauty. And then hopefully this time next year we'll have, yeah, a whole line, a whole range of products that have the same sort of philosophy that I was talking about before. You know, quick, easy, anyone can use it. It's time-saving um, you know, it's easy. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a big e-com business selling so a whole range of different makeup solutions, and sort of solutions, diversifying your brand and your products um, in line with the and, growth yeah, that you've had around the, the Quick Flick product. <laughs> yeah, like it's become really obvious yes. to me that like, like women and men, because obviously men use our product as well, um, they're shopping for like, you know, makeup solutions and they want to still, I, th I find also like the cosmetics industry has changed a lot. They're like, like they want to look like themselves. They're not looking to shop and, and look like someone else or look like the 20 year old model that is being used that, you know, no one really looks like, sure. you know, this 
perfect model that's been photoshopped, you know, 10 times over. Um, so yeah, we're like really trying to bring like that whole inclusion back to beauty and, and saying, you know, it's okay to not be great at makeup. It's okay to, you know, be yourself. You know, we all accept everyone here. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's a revolution, but yeah, we're just trying to challenge, you know, the, the industry a little bit and, give people what they really want. Cause I think a lot of the times, you know, the cosmetic industry is not really listening sure. to what customers want. It's just keep selling them the same stuff we've been sold for years and years and years. Um, I think maybe that's why we've been successful and people are sort of turning their heads totally. for us because it's you're disrupting. like, you know, this new brand you're that's doing you're something different the traditional um, approach, to everyone else. So I think finding that point of difference. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Like, and like I was watching a videos of, some other lady talking about her brand and it it made me realize like you need to find what your voice is and like, don't look at what your competitors are doing. You don't want to have, you know, you don't want to copy their voice. Like what sets you aside? What is going to make someone buy, you know, your product over someone else's, especially if you don't have, you know, a painting on your, on your product or something super unique. We give people a lot of advice um, around that, finding a niche and developing a a Um, unique point, a a unique brand identity and a tone of voice and understanding your customer and all of those things. Very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, don't look at your competition too much. Like when I started out, well, I mean, I didn't really have competition, but like I was trying to take too much inspo from like other cosmetic brands and that's when I realized, yep. I was like, no, I don't want to be inspired by these brands because I don't like what they're doing. You know, I want to do my own thing. Um, so, yeah, I think I think finding, yeah, that point of difference, that's what will make people buy into you. That's what will make you successful because we're always looking for the new, cool, you know, different thing that has a different approach. And people love things that, you know, are controversial and they challenge totally, things totally and something new and different. People um, want to buy really into that, a, you know. Hit on a, on a, on a pulse so, yeah. with, what, with what you're doing. Um, so that is absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for uh, joining me and the cut on our mm, podcast okay. about Shopify. It's been awesome to hear from you, Iris, and about, hear all about the the quick flick. Um, and right. yeah, like we're really looking forward to in a few weeks hearing you talk at our next Shopify meetup. So that'll be really exciting mm. as well. But yeah, thank you so much again. Yeah, absolute pleasure. And I look forward yeah. to meeting you in person really, really soon. No worries. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Iris. Bye-bye. So there's another Shopify interview, one and done. A great conversation with Iris Smith from The Quick Flick. What an amazing story of success she's had. Um, Extremely inspirational and lots of great insights about how to go about achieving that sort of growth or at least to concentrate on areas of your marketing um, where you can hopefully start to see some of that growth that uh, that Iris businesses uh, has been achieving over the last 12 months. An incredible story, an awesome Shopify story, that one for sure. Um, we're doing these interviews all the time. So if you are a Shopify merchant and would love to be involved, we want to hear your story. Um, just contact us at The Cut uh, and we'll organise your 15 minutes of fame. We also hold Shopify meetups right here in Perth and they're great learning and networking events. If you'd like to come along or even present uh, your Shopify business at one of our events, we're here to help and make that happen. Thanks very much much for listening to us here at The Cut and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Cut. 
to talk with us, visit thecut.net.au and find us on Facebook. <laughs>